Friends, today is the ninth day of our retreat. Now is the time for the Dhamma talk before we go to bed. For this Dhamma talk, according to the series of our talk, for this Dhamma talk, our topic is Samma Ajiva, right livelihood. Samma Ajiva. When we are born to this world, we live in this world. All beings are born. All beings die. Once we are born, we anyhow we live. But it is not right livelihood, right living. All there are different beings, they just eat, drink, they die. Just like that, there are some people, even in society, they just live like, that is what is called hand-to-mouth life. Hand-to-mouth. Get, eat, that's it. Hand-to-mouth life. No good deeds, no virtues, nothing developing. No, no, uh, any, uh, doing any good deeds. And they sometimes they live what you call cat and dog life. Cat and dog life is quarreling each other, making quarrels, quarreling each other. That is not the life. Human life should be a meaningful life, a profitable life. A meaningful to you, meaningful to oneself and meaningful to others as well. It, is, it should be profitable to oneself and profitable to others as well. That should be the human life. We all are humans. We should lead a human's life. Once the Buddha said, there are four things which are rare in the world. Four rare things in the world. Kicho manusya patilabu, kichang machana jivitang, kicho sadhamma savanang, kicho buddhanang upadu. That is how the Buddha said it. This is exactly what I decided a little while ago, starting the Dhamma talk. Kicho manusya patilabu, birth as a human is a difficult thing, it's a rare thing. Birth as a human. 
think in the world, in the whole world, we have only about 7 billion people. But other beings, how many billions of beings, other different beings in the world? So, that is why it is said, Kicho manusya patilabu, birth as a human is a rare thing. It is difficult. It is not that easy. So, we got this opportunity. Birth as a human is difficult and Buddha, Buddha gave a simile for this. Buddha said, suppose there is a uh, blind turtle, one-eyed turtle, and the, at the bottom of the sea, the turtle comes up, after hundred years, it comes up, comes to the surface of the sea. When it comes to the surface of the sea, there is a yoke. You know what yoke is. In the yoke, there are some holes, at least four holes. All these are from one side to other holes. So, when the turtle comes to the surface of the sea, there is a yoke. If, if the yoke uh, is turning in the proper way, that the turtle can, the pork can, can put his uh, net uh, into the hole and see the sky through the hole of the uh, yoke. So this happened very rare, you know, it's a rare case because the turtle, it has only one eye. If the yoke is, when it comes after hundred years, only one time she comes after hundred years, when it comes up to the surface of water, if the, if the yoke is on, on the side where he can't see, then no point, he can't get the chance to see the sky, see the moon, or the sun, or the sky. He, he doesn't get the chance. If, when it comes, if the yoke is on the other side, turning on the other side, again he doesn't get the chance. After hundred years, like that, Buddha says, this might happen. This might happen, that when the turtle comes up, the yoke might change in this proper way and the turtle might poke, might put its uh, neck uh, through the hole and see the sky. It is such a difficult thing to be born as a human when, we, when one is born in hell, escaping from hell, come again to be born as human is such a rare thing. That is why the Buddha said, Kicho manusya patilabhu. The second lay, the Buddha said, Kichang machana jivita. We, once we are born, we lead a life. Kichang machana jivita means leading a life as a human. Live, leading life as a human itself is rare, it's difficult. Because in once we are born, there are some people here in society, they are like animals. They are doing some inhumanistic thing. They are, they are just like animals, they live in society, they don't do any good deeds. Just live, die, that's it. Just like animal. 
That is why it said that it is Shreya, living a life, living, living as a human is Shreya opportunity. Then the third one, Kichu Saddhamma Savanam, Dhamma, Dhamma and Saddhamma. We have to understand this. Saddhamma means sublime Dhamma, the very Dhamma, very real word, real word of the Buddha. It is rare. We cannot listen to the real word of the Buddha from every nook and corner, every every place. It is rare opportunity, listening to the Dhamma, the real Dhamma, sublime Dhamma. Kicho Saddhamma Savanam, the fourth one, Kicho Buddha Nangupadu, birth of Buddha is also rare. Buddhas are not born everywhere, every time. They are born after long, long time. Pians and eons after they are born. So these are the four rare things. Of the four, which is pertinent, which is connected, relevant to this topic is living as a human in society is rare. So, living as a human, living righteous life, referring to righteous life, we talk about this last night, righteous life and unrighteous life. Uh, that is, uh, samacharya, visamacharya. Samacharya, Visamacharya, Dhammacharya, Adhammacharya, these are the terms Buddha used. Dhammacharya means living righteously. Adhammacharya means living unrighteously. So, living righteously and unrighteously. Unrighteous living is easy. When one lives unrighteously, one kills, one uh, engage in killing, stealing, sexual misconduct, false speech, malicious speech, harsh speech, frivolous talk, covetousness, ill will, and wrong uh, view. Those are the things they are engaging when they lead unrighteous life. When they lead righteous life, they have good conduct. They think to refrain from killing. Then they, are, they refrain from killing, refrain from taking that which is not given, refrain from sexual misconduct, refrain from false speech, refrain from malicious speech, refrain from harsh speech, refrain from uh, frivolous talk, then they refrain from covetousness, and they refrain from ill will and they develop their right understanding. Uh, that is what is called right life livelihood, righteously living. Right livelihood, righteous living. When one lives righteously, one has to one has to give up own life, own livelihood. To come to right, right livelihood, one has to give up own livelihood. Then one can come to 
sell weapons to both sides. The governments and the, the anti-government or some groups, if there are two groups, they sell weapons to both sides. This is a lucrative business today. So, the Buddha said, according to Buddhism, this is not a good business. Selling weapons is the first one. The second one is selling animals, selling animals for slaughter, slaughtering. That, that is like, you know, some people, they raise animals, cows, uh, goats, chickens, like that, pigs, they raise, and then they sell this animal for slaughtering. That is also not a good business for Buddhists, for cultured people, for intelligent people. The third, selling meat. Selling meat, business in meat. Meat, some people think that fish is not meat. For some people, fish is not meat. Fish and meat, that is how they say. Fish and meat. If you are intelligent enough, you can understand what you call, whether it is fish or meat, it is the flesh, flesh of a being. That's it. So, business in meat is the third. The fourth one is business in intoxicants. Any kind of drugs, intoxicants. That is not a Buddhist. That's also not a, uh, not suitable for Buddhist. Not suitable for cultured people. And the fifth one is uh, business in poisons, different insecticide, weedicide, different poisons, such things. So these are the five types of businesses which are not suitable for right livelihood. If we lead the righteous livelihood, we have to earn, as I said, we have to earn Righteously. To earn righteously, according to the discourses, the Buddha says, Baha bala parichitehi, seda vakitehi, dammikehi, dammaladdehi. Baha bala parichitehi means with your own effort, with your own effort of your, your own hand, own arms, sometimes hidden sweat, you earn then you can understand, you can be happy that you earn this righteously. Not only earning like selling set, there are some professions, some jobs, some employments, which you don't want to set set, but you can, you can do righteously, like government service, different services, so, to, uh, to, when we earn, we have to earn righteously. That is the point. Earn righteously, live righteously. Live righteously, earn righteously. This is the concept of Buddhism. Earn righteously, live righteously. Live righteously, earn righteously. 
the Buddha has taught us the Buddhist economy. Buddhist economy. According to his teaching, he has taught us what is called uh, thriftiness, thriftiness, frugality, frugality, thriftiness. Uh, Buddha once said to divide your income, your, your salary into four, four parts. This is how the Buddha taught us uh, how to how to lead life. Divide your salary into four parts. Suppose you earn uh, $2,000, then divide this into four, then 500 each. Now the Buddha said, Ekena boge bunjaya. The spend of the four parts, one part, used for your eating, for your consumption, daily use. Ekena boge bunjaya. Then, vihi kammam payojaya. Then, two parts uh, invest in a sort of industry or any other, any, anything. Invest. Two parts. Then the fourth part, fourth one, deposit in a bag for emergency. This is how the Buddha said. Ekena boge bunjaya dvihi kammam payoje chatutantya nidhapaya. Deposit it in a bank or somewhere. Keep it in a safer place for you to use in emergency, whenever there is an emergency. That is how the Buddha said. So, earning, earning righteously is important to practice Buddhism. When practice Buddhism, there are three things to be practiced. Dana, Sila, Bhavana. Dana is generosity, Sila is morality, Bhavana is meditation. We all have to practice all these three. When practice dana, first one, generosity, the Buddha has taught us to give what is earned righteously. Only righteously earned thing can be given to others. Give righteously. The Buddha said, uh, Buddha has talked on many, on many discourses, Buddha has talked about dana, about charity, uh, generosity. Uh, Buddha said, Yo, yo silava silavante suddhadati dhanam dhammena ladda supasanna chittu Abhi saddhaṁ kammapalaṁ ularaṁ taṁ ve dhanaṁ viplataranti bhūmi. To become your dhana, your generosity, a very great, fruitful one. To become its a fruitful offering, you to follow these things. You to understand how to give. The Buddha said, 
you seal avah so before you give dana first of all establish some seal ah before you give dana first of all you have to become seal a good uh, virtuous one now today some people when they want to give something they think of the sealer of the person who the the uh, receivers not the donor not ourselves not the person who is, who is giving not the giver but the receiver receivers seal the first receivers seal is not first it is second the first thing is you seal so the buddha said you seal ava being in a such a virtuous ground first you seal ava then seal avante su then you have to think of a person virtuous person to be given your dana jo silava silavante su dadati dana if he gives dana to such a virtuous person then silava uh, silavante su dadati dana damme nalada then when you when you give you have to give what what you earn righteously dammena ladda dammena ladda means righteously earn dammena ladda then supasanna chitto with a great happiness supasanna chitto dammena ladda supasanna chitto then abhi saddham and with a profound confidence saddha profound confidence abhi saddhaam then kamma palam ularam having understood the uh, results of giving results of giving kamma palam ularam abhi saddhaam kamma palam ularam tang vedanam viplataranti bhumi dat dana will be a great one the most fruitful one uh, this is how the buddha said so to earn to give dana to practice generosity we we should have righteously earned thing that is the point another sutta uh, pat the kamma sutta name of the sutta is patta kamma sutta from anguttara nikaya where the buddha said the righteously earned wealth earned thing should be uh, used wisely when you use such righteously earned thing first of all there are four things this to be used for four things the first one for your own consumption for your own self for for your own satisfaction whatever you earn the purpose of earning is for your own satisfaction you have to use this money whatever you use whatever if you earn money the purpose of earning is for your own satisfaction you have to you have to consume this so that's the first thing then the buddha said it is then share with your mother your father your spouse 
your uh, sons and daughters and if you have servicemen with them. So, so first you have to consume it and then mother, father, spouse, children and servicemen share with them. The second you have to keep keep that uh, money that you earn you have to keep it for your emergency emergency of maybe like water, fire or any other things happen like a flood or like such things for that purpose uh, keep it, save it and again, the third one is offering. Offer it to those who are virtuous. And the fourth, you to perform some uh, performances like giving, these are called bali, nyati bali, peta bali, pubba peta bali, like that bali. Bali is the performance, you are, you are offering different things like your departed ones, to your departed parents, to your departed relatives, you have to perform uh, good deeds and share merit. And atitibali, there is called atitibali, means uh, treat your guest. Hmm? That is like party, meaningful, uh, like, like that. So these are the four factors which you have to use money, you hardly earn money. So the purpose of earning is your own consumption and the others. And doing good deeds, that is the purpose. And when, uh, whenever we earn such in such a way, we can be happy, righteously, righteously earn, earn money, righteously earn thing. Then we ourselves can be happy of our earning. The righteous living, to understand this, to illustrate this, I would like to tell you a story uh, of the Buddha. In the time of the Buddha, one day the Buddha, together with his disciples, uh, went for arms round. On the way the Buddha stopped a particular place and Buddha smiled. When the Buddha smiled, it, is, it must be some, some particular reason, special, for, only for special reason the Buddha smiled. Then Venerable Ananda asked the reason why the Buddha smiled. Then the Buddha said, Ananda, this is the place where the Buddha, the Buddha Kassapa lived. This was his monastery those days. So, Buddha Kassapa is the uh, Buddha before this Buddha. So, Buddha said, this is the place where the Buddha Kassapa lived. This was his monastery, this area. And then another spot he pointed out and said that this is where the Buddha 
sat and gave Dhamma talk. The Buddha showed it. And then Venerable Ananda got the Buddha's uh, cloak, the outer robe, and spread there, where the exact place where the Buddha Kassapa uh, preached, and spread in the robe, Ananda, Venerable Ananda invited the Buddha to be seated there and reveal this story. Theory of the, uh, the, the give a Dhamma talk. So the Buddha uh, sat there and then Buddha said, Ananda, those days, here there was a uh, potter, there was a potter named Gatikar. His name was Gatikar. He was a potter, a poor person. And he had a friend named Jyotipala. Jyotipala was a Brahmin. You know, the Brahmins were a bit conceit as they think uh, that they were born from the mouth of the Brahma. So, they are like they, they thought that they are noble men. So, his friend was a Brahmin named Jyotipala. Now, these two were from time to time they made and Gatikara, the potter, he was a close friend of the Buddha. He always goes to the temple, meet the Buddha, listen to Dhamma talks. He is supporting the Buddha. He was a good supporter. But Jyotipala, the Brahmin, Jyotipala never goes to temple. He, one day, this potter, Gatikara, suggested him, suggested his friend Jyotipala to go and meet the Buddha, listen to the sermon. But he, he did not want to. He refused it. And the second day he suggested, again he refused it. Now the third day he suggested indifferently, he suggested him to go to the, to take bath where there was a lake next to the monastery. And then he was happy to go to take bath in the, in the lake and then they both went to the lake. While they were there, Jyotipa, uh, the potter, Gatikara, he holds his belt and asks him to go, let's go, go to the temple to meet the Buddha. But he undid it and said, no, I don't want to go. Then again, then they both went to the, uh, the lake. And while they were in the lake, this potter, he hold his uh, hair, on the knock of his hair, the Jyotipala's hair, and ask, come, come now, let's go to the temple to meet the Buddha. Uh, that is how he got him to the temple. He, when he hold his knot of his hair, Jyotipala thought, now this person he is a potter. I am a Brahmin. He, normally, they cannot touch the Brahmin's hair. Now he is doing this. There must be something, something secret. Something good thing there. 
Otherwise, he does not do this to me. Now, oh, let's go. So, he went to the monastery to listen to the Buddha. Now, they both went there and listened to the sermon. At the end of the sermon, now Jyotipal, this Brahmin, he became so happy. He was full of sadha, full of confidence. Now, he understood the Dhamma. Now, he says, now you are listening to the Dhamma. You are coming and listen to the Dhamma. Why don't you go and uh, why don't you get your ordination? Why don't you uh, practice the Dhamma? Go and uh, in to the forest and practice. Why don't you get your ordination? Uh, I want to take my ordination today. That is how he said, the Jyotipal, the Brahmin. He said, I want to get my ordination now. I don't want to live any longer in this lay life. So, the potter said, I, I know the Dhamma, but I cannot do, I cannot uh, go forth, I cannot get my ordination because I treat my blind parents. I, my parents are blind, so I have to take care of them. That is why I did not get my ordination. So, then this person, uh, Jyotipala, wanted to get his ordination. Thereafter they both went to the Buddha and asked his ordination. He was ordained. After that, the Buddha went to another place, that is Varanasi, where the Buddha delivered his first sermon. When the Buddha went there, Buddha Kasapa went there, there was a king named Kiki. The king treated the Buddha, offered dana, and after that, he invited the Buddha to stay there for retreat, you know, the, the Buddha was, normally the monks are invited, the Buddha and the monks are invited for retreats. So the king invited him to stay there, remain there for longer as retreat. Then the Buddha said, no, I have already received invit uh, my received invitation, I cannot stay here. Then he said, is there any other person better than me to respect, the, uh, to take care of you? Venerable sir. Then Buddha said, yes, I have my good supporter. I, when the Buddha said no, the king became upset. He became sad. Then the Buddha said, I have my good supporter. Uh, over there, he is a potter, he is a poor person, but he is not, not like you. When I say no, you became upset, the king. Hmm? You, you are not satisfied, you are not happy. But my friend is not like that. He does never uh, do such things. And he is a righteous person. He is leading a righteous life. He uh, is refraining from killing, refraining from uh, stealing, sexual misconduct, refraining from false speech, refraining from intoxicant. And he, as a potter, he does not uh, dig flow to get, get clay for potters. He, even he does not 
whatever I have here in, at home, I earn righteously. Every penny I earn righteously. That is called, that is called Atishukha. You have that happiness because you earn righteously. That's the first thing. The second one is Bhoga Sukha. Bhoga is consuming, you use it, you make use of things. As you earn money, as you earn wealth, you use it. When you use it meaningfully, you can be happy that I use what I earn, I use meaningfully. That is the second happiness. The third happiness is uh, the bliss of debtlessness. Bliss of debtlessness. That is, you have no debt. You are not, you own no debt to any, whether small or big. No debt to you. No credit, in other words. That itself is a great happiness. If you are not debt to others, you are not a debtor. Debtlessness. That is the third bliss. Anavajya Sukha. The last one is Anavajya Sukha. is blamelessness. Bliss of blamelessness. You are not blamed to yourself. You are not blamed to others. You are, you, you are not blamed by others because of your righteous life. If you lead a righteous life, if you lead a, a happy life, righteous life, the dharmic life, then nobody is going to blame you. You yourself can be happy that you lead a righteous life, happy life. That life, if you, if you can lead to such a life, you can uh, practice Buddhism, you can practice generosity, morality and meditation and in this very world you can attain enlightenment. This is how the right livelihood leads to the attainment of enlightenment. Let's understand this Dhamma. And let's practice, let's understand the right, the significance of right livelihood. And let's try to lead righteous life so that we all can understand, all can lead a peaceful, happy life and finally attain ultimate bliss of Nibbana. May we all attain ultimate bliss of Nibbana. Sadhu, Sadhu, Sadhu.